this is WTM. Watch this movie. What? <laughs> How you doing? Oh, good for you. Oh, wait. I ain't drinking up. First, you gotta do the Trump shuffle. Obviously, you're not a golfer. Watch a few movies, take a few notes. W-G-M. Watch this movie. All right. I think we should get this show on the road after this killer new intro. Killer new intro. We've gotten zero compliments on it. <laughs> zero negative comments, so <laughs> we'll take it. That's a, that's a net positive. <laughs> that it is. This is WTM Watch This Movie, and I am Eric Mulder. So he says, wrecked him, damn near killed him. Damn near. Joining mm-hmm. me once again is Mr. Positivity. Yep. Chicken dippers! You had some chicken dippers today, chicken didn't you? Chicken dippers. Yep. Not from... Uh, Not KFC chicken dippers. Yeah. Went to the Dairy Queen. <laughs> Were you able to use the drive through services? Yeah. They had more than two people working today. <laughs> to put the cones out? <laughs> no drive through today. That's the worst day ever <laughs> it just ruins my week <laughs> so that when the dairy queen decides that uh nobody's gonna show up for work so they're not gonna allow you to go through the drive through do you end up parking your car and then going inside or do you drive somewhere else so you can use the drive through <laughs> well usually i don't see it until i'm right on there and i'm already turning in and i'm like oh shit <laughs> you know so i just bite the bullet Oof. It's tough getting bread out of his car. <laughs> it's so inconvenient. I'm on a schedule. Yeah. What if, uh, you know, Minneapolis might ban new drive throughs <laughs> It'd be grandfathered in. That is the most absurd thing I've ever, <laughs> I've ever heard. People talk about how much space it takes up. It like, doesn't. Really? It doesn't. are just going to put parking spots there. It doesn't fit with our view of the city. <laughs> of course, you know, for... that's. More time spent idling in your car. That's what it is. It's yeah. it's uh, under the guise of helping the environment. Yeah. It's actually because they don't want poor people living there, using dri- and you know going to drive throughs <laughs> A little more gentrification. <laughs> Although that's gonna fuck up all the coffee businesses. Yeah. A lot of coffee businesses will be shit out of luck. Mm-hmm. So people yeah. count. That's like fifty percent of their business. Sometimes you already can't get a, a plastic straw to stir your drink. Yeah, I mean they. Uh, you can get a paper one that'll break down in it. It'll just be new drive-throughs. Couldn't be built. Yeah. So the, all the old ones will still be there, but even so, it's like he, you know, all these successful business models that are, you know, perfect examples of all over town. You can't use that model. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I guess they don't want millennials living there. <laughs> you gotta have you gotta have delivery, no drive-throughs. Yeah, like pharmacies. I mean, <laughs> some of them are only open, you right. know, in certain hours with the drive-through. It's so inconvenient to go inside for the pharmacy. Yeah, because I mean, some of them they're picking up for other people they can't get it. Yeah, you know, they're making deliveries, or you got people who don't know what they're doing and they're asking questions, and mm-hmm. you know. I don't know. I like a good drive-through. 
you know, my hometown of Montevideo had the first ever subway drive through. Yeah, I've never seen one. Really? On a subway. It's just uh, there's a glass wall where you drive along and you just kind of point at shit. In fact, Lethal Weapon 2 is the only <laughs> time I've seen a subway with a drive through Although, I'll have to watch that again because I don't think that's a subway drive through Because ours had the first and it was in like the late 90s. It was, it was definitely a subway drive through Because they gave them like tuna or something. Like you didn't order tuna, but they gave them tuna. Yeah. And then they're like, fuck the drive through Maybe I was ill-informed about ours. Maybe it was the first in the state or some bullshit like that. Probably. When we had it, it was like some experimental thing. Because you're right. You don't see, like, subways have drive-thrus. Yeah. It's the Mandela effect. (laughs) Except for Lethal Weapon 2, I guess. In your reality, your city had the new, or the first ever subway drive-thru. But in this reality, it was in Los Angeles Mm. in Lethal Weapon 2. Yeah. Ten years prior. Well, I wonder... If they even had one or if they just made that up for the movie and then Subway was dumb enough to put their name on it because they just shit all over it. (laughs) 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 I hope you didn't pay for that product placement. Yeah. Speaking of Lethal Weapon 2, I think we could talk about our summer theme. It's almost here. It is. Apparently, unless you're in Colorado, then it's snowing today. Yeah. (laughs) That's the word I got. So the main summer months, June, July, and August, we are going to be doing a Summer of Sam. Now, yeah. what is Summer of Sam, you say? Yeah, it's an acronym. <laughs> it is an acronym. It's a very clever acronym. That sounds like something else when you yep. say it together. Well, Summer of is not an acronym, but Sam sure as hell is. <laughs> well, he probably could make it up <laughs> in an acronym, but that would be too much work. Yep. We didn't think of that. So Sam stands for Sylvester. As in Stallone, mm-hmm. Arnold, as in Arnold Schwarzenegger, and Mel, as in Mel Gibson. Just a minute about Arnold. Did you see what happened <laughs> over the weekend? Got dropped, kicked. He said uh, South Africa. He didn't even know he two. got. He said he didn't even know he got kicked until he saw the video. They got jostled by the crowd. <laughs> totally, <laughs> totally no sold it. He's not pressing charges either. He's just that dude taking pu- it like a boss. He pulled a, a shaggy two dope. <laughs> and he went for the flying drop kick. <laughs> yeah, and he realized that it doesn't really work if the guy's not working with you. Or if you don't know how to properly execute it. You got yeah, he he took off too early. He didn't get enough uh push off on his legs. Yep. You gotta wait to kick till you're like right next to him so right. you can launch him. Yeah, he uh he landed short. <laughs> he pulled up. <laughs> You dumb bastard. <laughs> yeah, Shaggy 2 Dope of the Insane Clown Posse tried that at a Limp Biscuit concert a few months ago. It was pretty hilarious. I think it was a lot longer than that, wasn't it? it was, that was a couple years ago. No, it was this year. It was like January really? or February. Hmm. That was I pretty think, funny. I think it was this year. It was within the last year. Yeah. For sure. Uh, so each month we're going to be doing a film from each one of those actors, probably keep it light for June and July, and then maybe do some breakdowns in August. Mm-hmm. I think we're planning on doing first blood total recall and the road warrior in August tentatively. Yeah. Doing breakdowns of all three of those. That'd be pretty sweet. I think we're going to do Rocky four for our July 4th movie. 
And then uh, I don't know. Have we? I don't know if I want to pull the trigger on the first Sylvester movie, since I haven't seen Over the Top. But we might be doing Over the Top. Yeah, we. Uh, there's a few options there. Yeah, there that Demolition Man seemed to be the front runners. Mm-hmm. But you'll find out, I guess, uh, in a couple of weeks when it comes out. <laughs> we, we might let you know before we record it. I don't know. I'll send it on Twitter. Yeah. On the tweets. At, at watch this underscore movie. Sure. Or at Positively Wolf One mm-hmm. for Mr. Positivity. Probably at both. You should follow both of us. Yeah. We retweet each other, so. <laughs> All right, so yeah, that's what we'll be doing all summer. Uh, mostly a lot of action stuff. Yeah. You want to talk about Batman? Oh, Robert Pattinson? Robert Pattinson. I'm not all up in arms like a lot of people are. I, you know, I'll, I'll uh, reserve my judgment till, uh, till it you know, comes out, or at least we start seeing some trailers. Only gripe is that they've once again... Hired a foreign actor to play an iconic American superhero. <laughs> it's a, just a plethora of able-bodied American actors. Br- <laughs> well, there's a plethora of British actors who play I- iconic Americans. Yeah, and it's it doesn't seem to go the other way, and I don't think that's fair. Yeah, I think it's because Kevin Costner ruined it for everyone. <laughs> He's like, I'm going to play Robin Hood, but I'm not going to do an accent. That's probably the issue is that <laughs> Americans can't or won't do a British accent. Well, there's too many different types. There's like a, over 150 dialects in the UK. It's There's not that many people over there, are there? I know what. I heard that it's up to like 160 different dialects technically. But well, all you got to do is sound like one of them. <laughs> well, you got to sound like the right one well, for the movie. Kind of. But did you know in the future, everybody will have a British accent? <laughs> yeah, it's pretty much every sci-fi film. That's, uh, well, you know, if you look back, the, H- the ancient Greeks had a British accent. The <laughs> Egyptians had a British accent. I mean, just eventually everybody becomes British. Yep. At some point. Pattinson, I've never watched the Twilight movies. I haven't Don't either. care. Um, yeah, I know they suck. Don't care. What I've seen Pattinson in over the past few years has intrigued me because he takes a lot of uh, challenging projects, a lot of indie films. Yeah. Um, so I'm all for it. I think I've only seen him in one movie, honestly, and it was uh, it was decent. What movie was that? Uh, Maps to the Stars. Let me see. Which I think was a Cronenberg. Yeah, it was. Yeah. Um. I mean, Pattinson, he definitely has the job for it. And, I mean, his Batman voice can't be any worse. (laughs) Oh, good for you. And how was it? I mean, I did like Christian Bale's Batman quite a bit, but sometimes the voice got pretty ridiculous, especially in The Dark Knight and Dark Knight Rises. I'm more interested in who plays the villains, because the villains are always the stars of the Batman movies. There's a rogue gallery of villains in the... In the Batman, as it will be called, uh, is it a? Re- I hope it's a remake of the the Adam West movie. Well, I hear it's uh, the Penguin, Catwoman, and there was one other one. It's supposed to be like a plethora of villains. Yeah, although I, I know Catwoman goes back and forth, but I don't, <laughs> hi-oh. 
I heard those I didn't two. say go both ways. I said back and forth. <laughs> she goes back and forth. <laughs> I see. In this climate, that's, uh, you know, something to be celebrated. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I heard about those two. I didn't hear of a third one that I can remember. But uh, those two were in Batman Returns. So yeah. I don't know if they're going to try to tie it back to that or come up with a new story or what. I'm sure it'll be a new story. They should get Max Shrek was a uh, original the, villain. I mean, it wasn't in the comics. They made him up for the film, so they should get uh, Burgess Meredith to play the Penguin. <laughs> Is he still around? Yeah, they should do Pat Oswald after that uh, sketch. He was the Penguin in. Who was that? Uh, of the Pete Holmes Batman movies or Batman sketches? Oh, I don't know if I saw those. Oh, they're they're gold. He does a perfect. Uh, Christian Bale, Batman. The only thing I can think of Patton Oswalt from right now is that AP Bio show on NBC and him just freaking out about wanting to have a Congo-themed uh, school dance mm. based on the movie Congo. It <laughs> <laughs> uh. reminds me, though, I got to start season two of Happy. It's almost over. Mm. That's a good one. Yeah. You have to see it. Uh, well, besides Summer of Sam coming up and our uh, Human Tornado episode coming up next week, mm-hmm. anything else we need to get into before we start talking about our recently seen films? I don't think so. I think that's uh, all the news. All right. Here we go. What did you see, Clarice? What did you see? I'm going to jump in here because I finally saw Avengers Endgame. Oh, you're the last one. The last one. You're the last one. We can just shut her down now. Yep. Because nobody else is going to see it. Well, there was like a dozen other dudes in there. And I'm pretty sure at least one of them had seen it before because it was a guy I work with. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And he's big into the Marvel stuff. Uh, Brett talked about it last week. I'll just reiterate that it was directed by Anthony Russo and Joe Russo. Uh, stars all the Avengers. And uh, yeah, it takes place <laughs> right after the events of Infinity War and closes the story on Phase 3 of the Marvel Universe. Yeah, I don't know what the phases are. Yeah. That's uh, over my head. Yeah. I'm not like Drax. I don't catch everything. It's basically just the current storyline. The only thing I... Storyline's going to continue, but with a significantly less uh, cast of characters. Yeah. The only thing that I know about that is that South Park parody did with the uh, Coon and Friends. Oh, yeah. Uh, So, I liked uh, Infinity War quite a bit. Uh, I think you might have even liked it more than me. Yeah, I I gave it a soonish... Uh, I gave it an eventually. I remember Jones gave it a last resort. So I think we all kind of met in the middle there on the rating system. I'm kind of surprised that Jones didn't like it. Well, like, he liked it, but he was just like, eh, you know, after a while, it's it's long. It's, it's just a bunch thing. of animated shit flying into other shit that doesn't really matter. You know, uh, I guess Superman I could, fights. I guess I could see that, but I thought they uh, had a little more nuance than that. Yeah, there's definitely some great comedy in there. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, I mean, like I liked Infinity War, but the end, I was just kind of, it didn't have the impact it should have. Yeah. Because immediately I'm just thinking, well, they're just going to go back in time and save everyone. <laughs> and no spoilers. <laughs> <laughs> but there's, there's a twist on that. The plot of the of Endgame is, revolves around a time heist. Mm-hmm. Which I did uh, like how they executed that. I thought that was a lot of fun. Pretty interesting. It was probably more interesting for me since I had seen most of those films. Yeah. For I, sure. For Like I said when I reviewed it, like if you had seen the movies that they referenced throughout Endgame, I think it would hit you a lot more than it hit me. Yeah. Uh, I think the only one I didn't really recognize was Thor's when they go to... Uh, Asgard. Mm-hmm. He talks to his mother. Natalie Portman's in that scene. Yeah. And I think that's from Thor Dark World. I never saw that one. Okay. Because I didn't care for the first Thor. Yeah. Thor Ragnarok was fun. I did like that. But that was the only Thor movie I liked. But yeah, uh, there wasn't anything too surprising in this movie. I found it very enjoyable. Maybe a little more than you. There was some quote-unquote surprises at the end that I didn't think were surprises. Yeah. But seemed like most of the dudes I saw it with <laughs> thought it was a surprise. <laughs> Everyone's crying at the end. Here, like this. And one dude blew his nose. Just like <laughs> he was tearing up a box of Kleenexes. I don't know. I was like, how did you not know this yeah. was going to happen? Well, I don't know if it's necessarily a surprise but uh, I guess if you're that invested in the characters, yeah, like uh, you know, you get emotionally invested in the story, and they can get you even if you see it coming. Mm. Oh, I guess I just maybe it was a little too easy for me since I knew what I, was, I prepared myself, <laughs> so I wouldn't cry at the end. <laughs> you have you have no feelings. <laughs> yeah, I will give this, and eventually. There you go. Eventually. So we agree on that. Eventually. Yep. yep. Although, you know, even though we say eventually, we got to remind the folks at home that if we give it this uh, eventually or better, and it's still in theaters, you should go see it in the theater. Yep. Mm-hmm. And this one, you know, like I said, Mulder's last one, so <laughs> they'll be pulling it soon. Why to wait to see it for free? So I guess. That's a benefit for you. Yeah. Um, yeah, just quick reminder, I guess. Uh, the rating system, WTM eventually, stamp of approval. You know, we recommend you see it. It's worth your time. Um, WTM ASAP is the top of the line. You know, it's the iconic movies, you know, must-sees. Uh, see it right now. WTM soonish, just below WTM ASAP. You know, some of our favorite movies. Mm-hmm. Um, WTM Last Resort is below eventually. That's, you know, you might get something out of it, uh, but it's not necessarily a must-see. Yeah, definitely more of a movie people, you got to take a gamble on. Because yeah. maybe there's there's a few in there that maybe you'll really like. Uh, uh-huh. Yeah. It's, it's yeah, it might be a niche thing. Yeah, right? it's a gamble. Uh, and then WTM Never is the, the bottom of the list. That's, uh, just don't even bother with Watch those. this movie never. <laughs> just, you know, self-explanatory. Yep. 
All right, so let's get into my first film. Uh, from 2018, I watched a movie called Tully, and it was not about Tully Blanchard. <laughs> Who's Tully Blanchard? He was one Wrestler? of the, He was one of the Four Horsemen, of course. <laughs> it was uh, written by Diablo Cody, directed by Jason Reitman, stars Charlize Theron, Mackenzie Davis, Ron Livingston. Asher Miles uh, Falica, or Falica, Leah Franklin, Mark Duplass, Elaine Tan, Gamila, uh, or Gamila Wright. Uh, that's about it for the main cast. Synopsis is a struggling mother of three forms an unexpected bond with the night nanny hired to help with her newborn baby. I thought this was a great movie. This is fantastic. So Charlie Theron has a phenomenal performance in this. I thought she was great. She plays a overwhelmed mother who is having her third baby. And during the course of the movie, she has the third baby. Uh, she has two older kids who are in school. And the middle child has some... Um, like autistic tendencies, uh, so he's a bit of a handful. So Charlize Theron, her character, you know, is over, like is it overwhelmed, sleep deprived, just you know, at her wits end. And her brother, who's kind of bougie, who's played by Mark Duplass, offers to hire her a night nanny to come in. Uh, and take care of the baby at night while uh, the parents sleep. And then, you know, you just don't wake up the parents if the baby needs to feed. Things like that. Um, so, this night nanny, she finally gives up and and calls the night nanny. Mm -hmm. And she comes in and during the course of the movie, you see how they they form that bond of the nanny doesn't just take care of the kid, but she's you know, taking care of the needs of the mother as a needing a friend or an emotional, you know, crutch to lean on, I guess. Mm -hmm. And so I thought they did a great job of showing how that relationship built and then kind of the, the consequences of the results of that relationship happening. And so, like I said, Charlize Theron had a great performance. I don't know if she gained weight for the role like she did for monster but uh she looks like a a new mother yeah um like she doesn't look like a uh an actress playing a mother she looks like a legit like somebody who is a working mom who has three kids who just had a baby um mm -hmm. and she plays the role perfectly like i said all around i thought it was a great movie wtm soonish for soonish soonish all right, I saw a new release just came out over the weekend. John Wick, Chapter Three, Parabellum. Two bellums. What's a bellum? Like a pair of bellums, <laughs> right? It's a pair of bellums. <laughs> Parabellum. All right, uh, directed by Chad Stahelski, who did uh, the previous two. Uh, he co-directed. Well. I think when John Wick first came out, it was a co-director with David, uh, is it Leech? Leech? 
the guy who did uh, Deadpool 2. Oh, okay. But when I looked just now, it said uh, David was uncredited. Oh. But still uncredited as a director. That's like uh, the Kirby Enthusiasm, where Larry David donates a wing of a museum and then somebody else donated a wing anonymously. And it was Ted Danson, and he just went around telling everybody that he was anonymous. <laughs> <laughs> it's like that dude directing John Wick, just going around telling everybody, hey, I directed that. They didn't credit, I told him not to put me in the credits, but I directed, <laughs> I directed that. Yeah, I think it, it was because uh, it was director Chad Stahelski's first feature. Uh, he mostly was a stunt coordinator and stunt person. He uh, was a uh, stunt double for... Keanu on the Matrix films. So oh. they've had a long working relationship. That makes sense, though, that that's that makes me understand why the John Wick films are the way they are. Yeah. <laughs> Having heard that background. Mm-hmm. They are a whole hell of a lot of fun. So uh, cast Keanu Reeves, Halle Berry, Ian McShane, Lawrence Fishburne. Or Larry, if you're Larry. old school. Larry. That's my man, Larry. <laughs> or Morpheus. I, I used to just call him Morpheus because that's the only thing I remembered him from. And then I saw a bunch of his old stuff. Now he's Larry. Mm. Uh, Mark uh, DeCascos, or DeCascos, uh, Asia Kate Dillon, Lance Reddick. Lance Reddick. He's uh, Lieutenant Cedric Daniels from The Wire. Is he now? He's also on the on the show Corporate. He's uh, okay. Uh, he's the head honcho. I can't think of his name though. Uh, Angelica Houston is also in this, as well as a small cameo from uh, Jason Mendzukas. Are you leaving somebody out that you show you told me about earlier? Oh wait. Oh well, I suppose there's an NBA player in here. He's the favorite NBA. Boban Marjanovic. He's, I only know him as Boban. Boban. He's the favorite NBA player of uh, Dan Lebitard's father, Poppy, from the Highly Questionable show on ESPN. Yep, he's seven foot three. He's the first guy John Wick has to fight. Pop, Poppy has a Boban tattoo on his belly. <laughs> well, he did. He may have gotten it removed. <laughs> I'm sure he did. <laughs> so, synopsis. Super assassin John Wick is on the run after killing a member of the International Assassin's Guild, and with a $14 million price tag on his head, he is the target of hitmen and women everywhere. So this picks up literally where the second one ends. So the second one ends, what, in the hotel? Uh, No, well, yeah, he kills the guy in the hotel, but uh, he has a meeting with uh, Winston, the head of the hotel. Yeah. They're out. In the outdoors, uh, in a like a public park or area. Okay. He yeah. says he has one hour until he's excommunicado. So okay. everyone has to wait to try and kill him for one hour. Mm-hmm. And so he takes off with his dog running, and the credits start rolling. <laughs> there you go. And so this movie begins with him running with the dog through New York, and the clock is ticking. So literally <laughs> right after the second. So like the first hour is him just running? <laughs> <laughs> Almost. So you could get in a car. Well, you don't New just, York City traffic. You don't have to just literally run. He does try to get in a car. <laughs> traffic. Spoilers. 
right at the beginning of the movie, though. Um, so uh, a lot of the same cast uh, from the previous films. The mythology or the world building that they do in the second one is um, explored a little further in this one as well. So uh, obviously we come across some of our old friends and foes. Uh, Holly Berry is a new character. I liked her character a lot. She has uh, two trusty German shepherds that mm. are by her side at all times. And Interesting. Those dogs have bulletproof vests on, <laughs> so it makes a... Makes it a whole lot of fun. That's that's <laughs> funny. <laughs> I mean, obviously, it's not like the vests are covering their whole body. I mean, they got big fucking heads to hit. Yeah, they got heads and legs. You know, you can shoot. But I don't know if you want to aim at the legs. They're kind of skinny. Yeah. I wouldn't aim it at the dog. I grew up with German Shepherds my whole childhood, so. It's always, it, it's always uh, infuriating when people kill dogs in movies. Yeah. Even more so than when people die. So that's why you like John Wick 1, but not 2. Because <laughs> you didn't have the emotional investment. I guess. You spent it all in 1. Oh, so didn't, <laughs> I didn't care for the fact that they were shooting just indiscriminately into crowds, and then the crowds weren't reacting. I think they were a little bit, but yeah, largely they don't. That's kind of the point. I mean, there's never any cops. The only cops you ever see... Actually, in the first and second film, and it's There's John Wick's buddy. Yeah. Like everything, okay, John? <laughs> or not necessarily buddy, but somebody, somebody he's, he's friendly with, with or paid yeah. off. Yeah. I don't think you see one cop or a cop car in John Wick Three. But I don't get the point of them, like just regular people not reacting to gunfire. I don't well, get it. The one you're referencing in two is when they're using silencers. And yes, I know silencers. <laughs> Don't exist the way they do. Well, there are a couple in John Wick Chapter Two, but I know that's how I, they exist in the framework of that film. I know in one movie or in one scene they use silencers. I don't know if they're using them in because there was one where they're outside at a a, a fountain. Yeah, and there, they're there were shooting, silencers. They use silencers there too. Mm-hmm. That's a cop out. That's <laughs> <laughs> well, so funny because you find the strangest things to like, gripe the, about. It's not the strangest things. It's, yeah, it is because you you accept the other things. Like there's a hotel where just all the hitmen go and yeah. stay, and the rules but, are the rules. But and, bullets are still bullets. Yeah, like people still die when they get shot. Yeah, they like, die when they get shot in here too. Like there are people who aren't assassins there, who would probably not be comfortable around people getting shot. What at the Continental? No, they, out oh. in the world. Yeah. At the airport or whatever the fuck they were. The Everyone's mall. looking at their phones, Brett. <laughs> they don't hear it because of the silencer. And uh, maybe it's a, their phones. Maybe it's a commentary on the <laughs> violence in the in the world and how prevalent it is and how nobody. Everyone's missing it. Nobody reacts to it because they're so used to it. <laughs> it's like what South Park did last season with their. Uh, their school shootings and how nobody fucking reacted. Yeah. I don't know, but I don't know if I want to give that much credit to the writers that that's what they're thinking when, yeah, when they it, wrote no, those it definitely wasn't. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, these are just fun movies. You got to kick back and enjoy the show, Brad. I can suspend my disbelief to a certain extent. That's the I, thing. that you, you allow it to a certain extent. You either got to allow it all the way or not at all. Well, I, For movies like this, I should say. I can accept a certain amount of 
fantasy and science fiction, but if it's in the world that you've built, you got to follow some of your own rules. <laughs> well, they don't have any rules because the, the, there's no precedent for obviously, it. Obviously, there's no rules. <laughs> it's like the fucking WWE with their lack of continuity. <laughs> All right. Um, yeah, this one uh, was more of the same. Just uh, It's got to be one of the best action franchises the past 20 years. It's very popular. People love it. Critics love it. And you don't really see that in a trilogy form. Everybody just announced that there's going to be a fourth one. I'm amazed at how popular Keanu Reeves is and continues to become more popular. Well, he did have a lull until John Wick. Yeah. But like recently, it just seems like everybody's on the Keanu train. Mm -hmm. Just on the bandwagon. He's done some more indie stuff recently as well. Can like he's in the Neon wrong. Demon, plays a a seedy motel manager. Oh, he's in like three or four scenes. That's weird. <laughs> that seems uh, off type. Yeah, he's definitely playing against type. <laughs> he's in that indie horror film, Knock Knock. That sounds familiar. I don't. I I don't think I've seen it, but I I saw it and was disappointed. I think. I think it's. I've come across it a couple times. I just haven't watched it. I think Eli Roth produced that or maybe he directed it. I don't know. He was involved in some way, I think. I don't know. After Eli Roth did uh, The Green Inferno, I don't know if I can trust him anymore. No, oh, yeah. Still haven't seen that, so. <laughs> don't. Is it a never? It's it's, <laughs> it, it's probably a never. <laughs> never! It's one of the worst movies I've seen. It's hard to say. So, John Wick 3... God, I I gave uh, John Wick one a soonish. Stand by that. I can't remember what I gave the second, but I would say this is right on par with the second. I'll say eventually because I'm not sure what I gave the other one, but it's right around eventually soonish. I mean, for action, it doesn't get better than this. Yeah. Actually, I probably gave it a soonish. I mean, chapter two, just because of the skill involved and the practical effects and all that. There, I said it soonish. Soonish. I have decreed. I can't remember if I rated John Wick 2 on the show or not. I probably gave it a uh, last resort. Yeah. Uh, Let's see. My next movie from 2010. It's a little movie called Black Swan. Sweet. Stars uh, Alex Borstein. (laughs) (laughs) Is this a sequel? I'm only kidding. Uh, No. No. that's a Mad TV reference. Yeah, I know. I meant because uh, she's Miss Swan. He, uh, Not Black look, Swan. He look like a man. Uh, let's see. It was directed by Darren Aronof- Aronofsky. Uh, it stars Natalie Portman, Mila Kunis, Vincent Castle, Winona Ryder, who I didn't recognize at first when yeah. she had all her makeup on, mm-hmm. uh, Barbara Hershey. Minnesota's own Winona Ryder. That's right. You have to purify yourself in the waters of Lake Minnetonka. <laughs> uh, that's basically the the main cast. I don't think I'm going to read the rest of these. Uh, synopsis: A committed dancer struggles to maintain maintain her sanity after winning the lead role in a production of Tchaikovsky's Swan Lake, which they go ahead and spoil Swan Lake. <laughs> just right out the gate you know like four times they they spoil it tell you the whole plot mm-hmm. start to finish 
Um, but I guess what, what was different in uh, this version is they're having the same dancer play the white swan and the black swan. Or the swan queen and the black swan, I guess. Um, and Natalie Portman is perfect for the swan queen. The yep. mild-mannered, meek, uh, you know, woman who gets turned into a swan and has to find a cure to become a human again. However, she is not built to play the black swan. And so Vincent Castle's character, who's the director of the ballet. Vincent Cassell? <laughs> it's not like Matt Castle? No. It's more like uh, Sam Cassell. Uh, he's French. So oh. I say like that. <laughs> yeah. So uh, Natalie Portman has a few Me Too stories to tell. Her character does. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, so it's time's, time up for, uh, time's up for that guy. Um, so like most of the movie is him trying to force that dark side out of Natalie Portman's character, which gets uncomfortable at times. Yeah. Right. Um, and it's real rapey at times. Yeah. And you can tell that she's really struggling with it, trying to, you know, come out of her shell and loosen up and, you know, all those things. Meanwhile, Mila Kunis just shows up and starts. Like, every time she shows up, she's fucking up something for Natalie Portman's character, Mm -hmm. it seems like. And you can't tell if she's just kind of aloof or if she's doing it intentionally at the behest of the ballet director. Uh, And so that kind of builds up the paranoia of of the main, uh, of Natalie Portman's character. On top of that, Natalie Portman's mother in the movie is fucking psycho (laughs) and so it's i don't know it's compelling start to finish you know uh aronofsky's usually pretty good at that kind of thing and it was you know great performances by everybody Mm -hmm. uh natalie portman especially i thought was great yeah she won the oscar well deserved um i really enjoyed it black swan i'll give a soonish soonish Soonish. I know everybody that follows me on Twitter thinks I hate movies because every time I throw out a rating out there, it's last resort. <laughs> of course not. But it's uh, it's only because these things keep happening in real life that are based on movie premises that aren't very good movies. <laughs> All right. So the last film I'm going to talk about is from 2019, Glass. I saw Glass, directed by M. Night Shyamalan, starring James McAvoy, Bruce Willis, Samuel L. Jackson, Anna Taylor-Joy, Sarah Paulson, uh, Spencer Treat-Clark. That's about it. It's your end game, right? Is that how that works? I see people going around talking about, this is my end game. My glass? Because <laughs> it's the culmination of all your favorite Shyamalan movies <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> except for that one where they went to visit the grandparents yeah the visit <laughs> that's what it was called <laughs> I didn't like that why was it found footage why did it just make a regular fucking movie I thought you liked that movie no like it was okay yeah but I didn't like the found footage stuff 
All right, well, synopsis for Glass. Uh, security guard David Dunn uses his supernatural abilities to track Kevin Wendell Crumb, a disturbed man who has 24 personalities. So, as Brett said, this is the culmination of some M. Night Shyamalan films. That you didn't even know were related, other than Bruce Willis was at the bar watching TV <laughs> at the end of Split. Which is like a diner or something. <laughs> something like that. See, because I loved, still love Unbreakable. I think it's a great film. I think it's a, a soonish. I saw Split. Very up and down career for Shyamalan. There's still yeah. plenty of things that he's done that I've liked and plenty of things that I haven't or haven't even bothered with. Like the devil. You love the devil, don't you? i never seen devil. No. So about the devil being in an elevator. It's just called devil, not the devil, isn't it? I think it's just called devil. <laughs> I don't remember what it's called. It's about the devil in the elevator. It's like the one of like three movies about uh, the devil in an elevator that came out that year. Hmm. For some well, reason, that was the hot apparently shit. Apparently, I missed all three. That was the hot shit in like 20, 2009 or whatever year that came out. Well, I believe he only wrote that. I don't think he directed it because that was at the time where it was like, okay, you're cut off from directing movies <laughs> until you sell something. I forget. So he sold the script, and I think somebody else directed it. I think it was okay. Like It wasn't great, but it was it was better than some of the other stuff he had put out. Personally, I liked Split better than Un- Unbreakable. Devil was directed by John Eric Dowdle. Dowdle? Writers. Brian Nelson did the screenplay off of a M. Night Shyamalan story. Oh, so he just got story credit. Yeah, he might have been a producer. Oh, I'm sure he was. I think he had a yep, cameo, he was a producer. Too. I'm sure he did have a cameo. He's he, a cameo in this, of course, too. I think he played a security guard because he loves playing security guards. Yeah. So Split came out. I enjoyed that, mostly because of uh, James McAvoy's performance, I think. I thought he did really well. I did was kind of surprised he didn't get nominated for that. Yeah. Because I thought he was fantastic. Mm-hmm. And I like Anna Taylor-Joy a lot as well. Yeah. Uh, she was great. Only thing that kind of brought it down for me was the ending that tied it together with Unbreakable. <laughs> so, it was so like, ham-fisted Yeah, in. exactly. And it was like they're looking at a story about the beast. <laughs> they got the split personality, and that somehow reminds a woman of Mr. Glass. Yeah. Uh, which makes no sense. So what was his name? And Bruce Willis is like, Mr. Glass. <laughs> like, what are you doing there? He's still wearing that fucking green poncho. Too. <laughs> like, don't you ever take that off? Was he? I, I think, don't think so. he was wearing the green. Poncho. I don't, I, I want to say he was re- in my mind. He was wearing the green poncho <laughs> because, because he worked security at the stadium. Didn't he? Like, what the yeah. fuck was his job? Yeah. Was security at a football stadium. Yeah. And I don't know if it was football season. Yeah, I believe it was. Well, in any case, um, so yeah, I was intrigued when, I mean, I didn't like how they connected them because it felt ham-fisted, but mm-hmm. I was like, well, I'll allow it. You know, if it if it gets me more unbreakable, that'd that's, be cool. That's so gracious of you yeah. to, allow, <laughs> <laughs> to allow it to proceed as. So as I was going to see it in the theater, and then it came out and just got trashed by critics and people alike. I said, oh, I'm going to wait to see this one. I'm not hmm. going to pay to see it in the theaters. So red boxed it and mm, not too good. It's uh, There it does have some moments. Like it says, it's uh, 
David Dunn kind of going after the beast. Mm-hmm. Uh, Sarah Paulson plays a she's she's some sort of a psychologist that pretty much works for the government in the, in some way that is trying to analyze these three specimens. Yeah, he's already got Mister Glass locked away. They're trying to lock up Beast and Mr. Unbreakable himself. I don't know how Glass keeps living when he's got that brittle bone disease. Didn't yeah. he fall down the stairs in Unbreakable? Yeah, broke a bunch of bones. And he survived. And no, like, punctured organs or anything? I guess not enough. I don't know. They'd probably break trying to puncture his <laughs> organs. His <laughs> organs are stronger than the bone. <laughs> <laughs> I just, Shyamalan tries to do something, I think, pretty unique with the superhero genre. Mm-hmm. I guess I give him credit for that, but I just don't think he executes it too well. The action isn't really fun. Yeah. There isn't all that much of it. Like, the most fun stuff is the interaction between the different superhumans, if you want to call mm-hmm. them that. Because a lot of it takes place at a uh, mental facility. The kind of studying these superheroes. I mean, that was in the trailer, so it's not really yeah. a spoiler. It just wasn't entertaining enough. I was like, I'm never going to watch this again. Hmm. I'm kind of surprised because, like you said, Unbreakable is pretty popular. Mm-hmm. Uh, Split was really popular. Uh, they're both pretty well done, mm-hmm. you know. And so I would think that it shouldn't be that difficult to carry that over and continue the stories yeah. with the three of them. But uh, you have to see it to know what I'm talking about. With he tries to do something pretty unique with the genre, mm-hmm. um, and like I get, it's worth watching. You know, if you're fans of those two movies, you might see this and really like it. You know, those people are out there that really like Glass, right? I just didn't think it was entertaining enough for me. So I will give it a last resort. All right. It's a last resort. So now we are coming up to our uh, movie challenge segment. Came up with a name for it. Movie challenge. Yeah. Last uh, recently seen episode, I uh, ordered Brett to watch (laughs) Dragged Across Concrete. I don't take orders. You suggested (laughs) that I watch it. You challenged me. Yeah, that's what we're calling it now. And I accepted the challenge. Because each uh, recently seen up, uh, one of us is going to challenge the other to watch a movie. And then the following episode, they will report back on it. So Mm -hmm. he'll give a little rundown here, give it his rating, and then we'll uh, kind of sign off because uh, we're going to start ending the shows with discussions on said movie filled with spoilers and kind of a longer discussion, maybe yep. five, 10 minutes, that sort of thing. And mm-hmm. then we'll also talk about, uh, um, of course, well, maybe you should, uh, Oh, I should issue my challenge. Should issue your challenge before we do the sign off. Okay. And go to the spoilers. So people know, um, what to expect, uh, the next recently seen episode. That way people maybe have a couple weeks. Maybe they want to watch it. Yeah. Join in the discussion. It's a challenge for everybody listening. Mm-hmm. So, the movie that Mulder challenged me to watch was a, a MDB says 2018. Would you consider 2018 or 2019? Well, it came on festivals in 2018, but it was not released in theaters until just a couple months ago. Okay. 
and VOD. Because I, I might put that on my 2019 list of movies I watched. So I can... Yeah, it was released in the U.S. in 2019. Okay. Because I might get to 10 movies this year. <laughs> there you go. We're going to give it a shot. Uh, it's called Dragged Across Concrete, which is a very violent title. Mm-hmm. It was uh, written and directed by S. Craig Zoller. It stars Mel Gibson, Melly Gibson of the Summer of Sam. <laughs> I already mentioned Samuel L. Jackson last movie. Last. <laughs> we we're considering throwing a Sam Jackson movie in here and there, <laughs> uh, but I think we have enough to cover the summer. Yep. Uh, Vince Vaughn's in there with his funny accent. <laughs> <laughs> Tori Kittles, uh, Michael Jai White, uh, Thomas. Kretschmann there's an S in there that throws me off Uh, Jennifer Carpenter Lori Holden Don Johnson Udo Kier Fred Melamed Justine Warrington Matthew McCall Primo Allen Jordan Ashley Olsen Miles Truitt Vanessa Bell Calloway it's probably good (laughs) she's well, there's a lot of characters in here. You know, it's the that's kind of the main cast. Synopsis: Once two overzealous cops get suspended from the force, they must delve into the criminal underworld to get their proper compensation. Proper conf- compensation? I don't know what they mean by that. Well, they've been underpaid for quite a while, and apparently that adds up to millions so. of dollars. <laughs> <laughs> I get well. Mel Gibson's been on the force for like forty years, but yeah. he's too old school. His mm-hmm. uh, his methods don't uh, don't hold up. No, I I really like this movie. I'm kind of glad you warned me that it was a slow burn because then I could kind of get in the right mindset, yeah, uh, and be ready for it. Um, Mel Gibson is fantastic. Vince Vaughn is. Is good too, but like I said, he's got a silly accent. He's got a New York accent, and he really lays it on thick. Does he really though? <laughs> I mean, I just didn't find it as jarring as you. Well, I don't. I just pictured Vince Vaughn doing his shtick, you know. Well, yeah, yeah. That's <laughs> like I, I. It didn't sound like really uh, like a real New York accent. Like he was like, it seemed like he was playing a character, but yeah, I didn't. Uh, I don't think I, I found any fault in that. Like it was, mm-hmm. it was. It didn't take it away from the movie or the performance. I thought uh, it's just, he just sounds funny. Yeah, you know, and he says anchovies a lot when he's <laughs> when something goes wrong, which is kind of funny too. Um. So yeah, like I said, performances are great. It's uh the pacing's kind of slow, but it's compelling throughout. The violence they don't pull any punches. You know, a lot of times they, like, they have realistic bad guys. Yeah. Uh, for, to an extent, you know, maybe a little bit further on the the other side of the spectrum than the bad guy who is constantly explaining what he's doing before he does it. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, it was a welcome change Yeah, to to the standard, you know, uh, villains that you James see. James Bond movies. villain. Yeah. So, you know... Well written, well acted, great story. Um, I really liked it. 
WTM Soonish. 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 That's three Soonishes. That is the rating I give it as well. And we agree. Yeah. Surprise, surprise. Stamped. Um, so, yeah, we'll get into spoilers now. Um, right after I do the typical wrap-up that we usually do. Well, we gotta. I got to lay down the challenge for, for That's you. That's right. Yeah. This is a challenge. There it is. So uh, the movie that I picked for you is a John Singleton movie, R.I.P. Yeah, R.I.P. Just a week or two ago. Yeah. Very sad. 51. Yeah. Massive stroke. It was the second major Hollywood person to die of a massive stroke at the age of 51 in the last like month. Because mm-hmm. uh, Luke Perry was the other one. Yep. Uh, John Singleton. This was... Um, I can't remember if it's the first or second movie he did after Boys in the Hood. But uh, it's one of my favorite movies by him. It's called Higher Learning. All right. I am excited to see it. So it's got a pretty uh, pretty wide cast of characters. Mm-hmm. Deals with issues of uh, race and college life, I guess you would say. So, college life in the mid-90s? Yep. Yep. So, uh, traveling back in time. <laughs> Period piece. Universal uh, topics of uh, you know that that transcend time. Race relations. Yes. Plus, Ice Cube as like the super super duper senior. <laughs> uh, yeah, that's good that you uh, caught me before I did the outro. Yeah. Because just in case people uh, don't want to get stuff spoiled for them, they can still find out what we're going to be talking about in the next episode. There you go. So go out and uh, see if you can find Higher Warning. I don't know. I, I lent my DVD, which was released in 2001, to <laughs> So Yeah, that way you can join in the conversation, <laughs> as they say. So you can stick, for, stick around for the spoiler talk. Yeah. So, if you're not uh, sticking around for the spoiler discussion on Drag to Grass Concrete, please reach out to us at um, watch pre- this. Watch this say, movie uh, on Twitter at watch this underscore movie. Oh, I thought you were going to start with the email. No. Or email us at watch this movie at yahoo.com. Uh, please rate and review. Subscribe on iTunes, Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, a uh, bunch of different podcast apps. And check out our website at WTMWatchThisMovie.com. Mm-hmm. All right. Now, let's get into the meat of it. Dragged across concrete. Yeah. So, Tori Kittles. As uh, you pointed out to me, he was in uh, True Detective Season 1. Yeah. And now I recognize him. It's just he doesn't have a huge scar in True Detective. <laughs> So that's probably what threw me off. I felt like I knew him. And I did look it up, but I didn't. I saw he was in True Detective, but I didn't see all eight episodes. Oh, yeah. So I decided he was some side character that I didn't remember. I think uh, it's. I haven't seen it since it was on TV, but I looked through the pics on He's IMDb. And uh, I think he was one of the. Uh, one of the cops that interviews uh, Matthew McConaughey. Yep. 
So. Well, they interviewed both, but yeah, sure. And then Vince Vaughn was in season two of True Detective. Yeah, nice little connection there. <laughs> <laughs> what if they talked about that on set? But how much better season one was? <laughs> <laughs> uh, even though season two was just Chinatown. Yeah, I may end up assigning you to S. Craig Zeller's other work. I'm not sure. But uh I ain't th- mad at that. Yeah, this was definitely his slowest of his movies. Mm-hmm. I guess it's slow burn, but I mean these other movies are technically shorter. They're all long. Yeah. I think Brawl is like a hundred and forty minutes maybe. Okay. And Bone Tomahawk's probably like a hundred and thirty two. Yeah. But they're uh, all more quicker paced than this. Okay. Yeah, this one I th- you know I was I was telling you at work today I think um, there's a couple scenes where I thought like oh you could have probably trimmed that or you know cut that out and mm-hmm. made it a little more snappy you know a little a little quicken the pace a little bit yeah um, so like the scene where the guy robs the convenience store mm-hmm. like I don't know if there was anything deeper to that than. Just to show that he was fucking ruthless. Because he just comes in and he says, get, you know, you have, what, like five seconds to get the drawer. Mm-hmm. And then uh, some other dude comes in to get <laughs> smokes, even though the science is closed. And he just uh, blows them both away. And then he starts shooting the drinks and the potato chips. Yeah. <laughs> Which I don't. So I think they show those scenes, yeah, to show that he's ruthless, but also he puts that money in that bag. Yeah. And so you can assume that he's going around doing that a bunch of times because that's what he uses to pay for the truck. Okay. He hands that bag to the guy and it's, you can hear, because there's like change in there and shit. Mm -hmm. So you can hear like loose change clinking around that he probably just robbed a bunch of different like little places to come up with, you know, five grand or whatever it was to go buy this truck or something. That makes sense. I mean, you think that truck would cost more than that, but I'm guessing he just, you know, they never show how much money he pays for the truck, but. Well, again, I don't, was he paying for the truck itself or to get it armored? Might have just been to get it armored. Yeah. Maybe he already had the truck. Yeah. Cause they, cause I think he, cause he looks under the hood and shit like that to see that it's, you know, he's got the, the, uh, you know, the metal plates on the inside of the hood to protect the engine yeah, he definitely like tests it <laughs> so um what else oh yeah the uh the scene with uh jennifer carpenter like <laughs> I, I thought you know you probably could have trimmed that a little bit like to show her going and waiting for the bus and getting on and getting off and then going back and talking to her husband and yeah talking to the, you know trying to stay home with the baby and all that stuff you know i i get it was to like kind of build up a uh a sympathy for her when mm-hmm. she gets blown away at the bank when she's the first bank <laughs> you know employee to get blown away yeah but yeah like, i'm not mad that he left it in there but i thought well that you probably trim that a little bit yeah i think he does that uh i guess i wouldn't say fuck with the audience but he definitely likes to subvert their expectations yeah. Because he thinks she's going to be a big part of the story going forward. Yeah, and she lasts like three minutes. <laughs> <laughs> so. um, yeah, the there's some brutal violence in here, but it is the tamest of the three. 
Yeah. Everything else is way more graphic. Mm-hmm. In fact, Bone Tomahawk is the most graphic death I've ever seen Okay, in a movie ever. Yeah, I couldn't remember if you had said... I know you said one of his movies had that, and I couldn't remember if you said that this one had one that surpassed it or not, because I was trying to figure out, well, that was bad, but not too bad. <laughs> yeah. uh, I mean, there's there's a couple in Brawl and Cell Block 99 that kind of come close or maybe surpass. I don't know. It's yeah. personal preference. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you just have to watch them both, I guess. But Well, that one, the one dude gets shot in the dick in this one. Yeah. <laughs> Which is always a bad time they uh end up having to perform surgery at the end michael jai white swallows the key Mm -hmm. and it's gets a little down and dirty and so okay we talk about kind of the climax there's a shootout happening in that vacant parking lot yeah and they kind of have the bad guys pinned down they ran their vehicle over Mm -hmm. so the van's stuck on the side and I think it's pretty smart plan for the, I guess, the real bad guys, not the cop bad guys, <laughs> the real bad guys to uh, have the hostage go out and try and kill Vince Vaughn. Yeah, that, like, I knew something was up, but I'm like, mm-hmm. you know, what the fuck's going on here? Like, I didn't expect her to pop up with a gun and start shooting at him. Like, that surprised me. And I thought, you know, maybe they got her there and then. They'll wait till the, one of the guys pops out, uh, and then they try to shoot him, or, you know, maybe they put, like, a grenade on her and then just blow everybody up. Yeah, I thought something was up, too, and she's not saying a damn word Yeah, the whole time. She's being very careful about how she walks towards them. Yeah, just just the fact that she, uh, she just popped up and starts firing kind of caught me off guard. And uh, towards the end, when like after that, once they start, uh, once Mel starts just murking everybody, <laughs> like like it gets down to him and the last guy, who's the, like that the the guy in charge of the heist, and uh, like he's thrown in the tear gas, and somehow the guy is withstanding that. Mm-hmm. Never mind that they have a. <laughs> Well, dude with, well, he was wearing a mask earlier. Yeah, they had a dude with his stomach cut open in there. And then <laughs> they have like three other dead people in there. Mm-hmm. Well, and then he's shooting up through the uh, the spy window in the side of the van. Yeah. And Mel's grabbing the muzzle of the gun like it's nothing. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then he starts shooting down into the van. Like, I don't... Well, doesn't he either kick the, the muzzle with his, with his boot and then fire in? Because he's standing on top. Yeah, he like had it with his hand, and he, I don't know. I think he grabbed it for a second or something. He was just holding it off to the side, mm-hmm. um, and then he started firing inside the van. So I thought he held it with his boots, but yeah, I can't remember. Maybe it was both, but like at one point, I know he had his hand on the muzzle. Mm-hmm. I'm like that seems like a bad idea. Yeah, um, could could be warm. Maybe it was cooled off <laughs> <laughs> while it's firing, <laughs> right? And then he's shooting into the van, but I don't. Remember seeing the dude in the van get hit. So I was kind of expecting once uh, Tori, is it Tori Kittles? Yeah. 
once his character starts shooting at Mel again and they start talking about who's going to get the gold and how they're going to split it up, mm-hmm. I was expecting that dude in the van to pop up and like, surprise, motherfuckers, I'm not dead. I thought he got uh, hit when uh, Mel fired through the uh, the spy window. Yeah, well, that's what happened, but I didn't. I must have either missed it or okay. wasn't paying attention or something, or it was like quick and I, I looked away or something. I don't know. But I. I thought he was just, like, pretending to be dead. Yeah. And I'm like, this dude has withstood everything else. Like, he's got to just pop up and just go full Undertaker on these guys. <laughs> you know, as soon as they open that back door, he's just going to be firing on them. Yeah. Uh, but that didn't happen, obviously. So. Yeah, I was really impressed with Tori Kittles. Not remembering him from uh, True Detective. Yeah. I thought he knocked out of the park here. It's kind of cool how you don't, you just think it's going to be a Mel Gibson movie or maybe a Mel and Vince Vaughn movie. Yeah. And then it's kind of a three-person movie. If not, you could say even say Tori Kittles is kind of the main character, at least after the, everything that happens. Yeah, because they, they set it up as, uh, you know, Mel and Vince have their story, and then Tori Kittles has his own separate story. And he's the first one you see. And then they converge, you know. Yeah, he's, the, he's the one we're first introduced to. I mean, he's having yeah. just got out of jail, having sex with a prostitute. <laughs> A former classmate of his. <laughs> yeah, that that was uh, <laughs> that was quite the opening scene. It's quite the cold open. And just look. I just want to look. It's been a while. <laughs> <laughs> and then uh, he, he finds his mom hooking. <laughs> like he's knocking on the door. She thinks it's his little brother. Like, don't back in your room. <laughs> Mom's busy. <laughs> that was funny. Yeah, but I forget, I, did they say how the the brother got uh, paralyzed? I don't think so. I think, well, no. I think at one point he said somebody shot him. Like he got caught in the crossfire or something or mm-hmm. like a drive-by or something. Uh, I think he might have said that like he got clipped by a bullet. Yeah, maybe. I don't remember for sure though. But he wants to be a game developer. So mm-hmm. that's a admirable yeah. Uh, dream to have. I like the tension that they built at the end, too, with uh, Tori Kittles and Mel Gibson. Mm-hmm. But how they're going to, like, who's going to fuck over who? Yeah. You know, you knew. And then, like, as soon as you start seeing them pull guns out of the secret compartments in their cars, <laughs> you know, like, shit, something's about to happen. Mm-hmm. Like, somebody's going to die. And I was yeah. kind of surprised it was Mel, honestly. Yeah. Like, I thought. You know, Mel's the quote-unquote good guy here. Yeah. Like, even though he's not. Oh, well, I mean... Although, like, everybody... What you see in the movie, Tori Kittles is just as good a character as Mel, if not even better, or more. They're doing virtually the same thing for the same yeah. reasons. They both have a disabled family member, and they also have uh, another family member that they're responsible for. Yeah. And they need money, and they can't earn money right now. So they're both pissed off about how everything went down at the bank. Yeah. Um, well, that was uh, that was pretty fucked up. Do you think that the uh, Mel's contact at the suit store? Do you think he set them up? Because he's I don't know. He was just trying to set them up for. Uh, he wanted to get set up to go to a drug deal and you know take the money from a drug deal. Well. All he pretty much did was give him the address of where that guy lived. Okay. And then that's why they were staking out his house for a day or two. 
and they were just supposed to be following him around. Yeah. So they weren't even sure they were really going after a bank until they got to the bank. But wasn't that then they then he say like, Oh, this guy's in town, I'll let you know where he's staying. I think that was the information that he gave something him. Something like that, yeah. So he knew he was gonna be town doing something. So he told him where he was and then they just kinda of followed him around until he did something. Mm-hmm. The second time I watched it, I mean I saw it at Alamo Draft House and I mean I was compelled throughout, but it was still you know, obviously a slow burn. Mm-hmm. I remember thinking there was, I guess it was more quote unquote action packed. Like the second time I watched it, it seems like the last hour is just all the heist and they're like yeah. uh, following them all the way out to the vacant parking lots or neighborhood. And like it's it's not like fast paced action, but like it's it, the tension just continues to build and build and yeah. build. Mm-hmm. And then you know the people pulling the heist off are so ruthless. With everything. Like, yeah. Jesus Christ. But I always wonder in movies like this, you know, they stole however much gold bullion. How are they uh, turning that into cash? And like, how they does, know people. <laughs> how does Tori Kittle? So Tori Kittles ends up with all the, the gold because Mel dies. And then he's uh, a year later, 11 months later, he's in a mansion like in Florida or something. Mm-hmm. Nobody questions that. Like, how'd you get that? audited yet. How'd you get all that money to buy that house? Like, and then he. You sure he, he's in Florida though? I don't know. It's someplace warm on it the. It could beach. have been Caribbean. It's someplace on the beach for sure. Mm-hmm. And then he's he sent a bunch of gold to Mel's widow, and yep. it's like, well, how are they going to change that? And when you could say, be, I, I think the widow would figure it out because she is a cop herself or was a cop, I should say. True. Yeah. Um, so she could probably figure out, okay, I need to do some back channel, back alley type dealings here. Yeah. Where do I go? Because um, I would think that people would be on alert for that if they're reputable. Yeah. You know, the bank just got hit for all this gold. But you could probably go to any bank in Central America or some banks in Europe, I'm sure, would do it too. Yeah. So you just have to put all your money into getting a plane ticket and go in there. Because it's, I mean, it's not like she's getting millions of dollars, but, you know, that gold's probably worth, what, do you think? Oh, probably at 500000 yeah. a million? Something like that. A couple that. hundred thousand at least. So you think it'd be something for them to live on at least for a while? You know, she has yeah. some medical problems as well, but... Wouldn't have to live in the ghetto anymore. True. I thought I thought it was where a pretty she, where where the daughter's getting orange soda thrown on her <laughs> yeah. every day for some reason. Uh, I thought it was, yeah that uh, issues of race they discussed. I thought it was a pretty unique way to look at it because they yeah. don't. It's like I think they're just giving it. He's giving it an honest look of how certain people that live in those situations, like white people who maybe are the minority in those neighborhoods, yeah. might think about it, where they might. Yeah, they sound kind of racist or might have some racist racist tendencies, but also he kind of, I guess, understand where they're coming from. Right. Like the wife, thing. the wife says, you know, I didn't think I was racist till he moved here. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I was like, well, if that's your personal experience is, you know, you have a certain group of people doing things to you constantly and treating you poorly and like you start to develop, you know, a, a bias against people. If if that's all you've experienced from, you know, that group of, of people. 
It's like, why would certain black people have a bias against white people? Well, because we've been fucking them over for how many fucking years. Right. So I think after a few hundred years, they'd be like, you know, I don't think every white person has my best interests. You right. know? And then you start, you know, you start trying to protect yourself against it. You're like, well, I've been screwed over by these people too many times. Uh, and I'm just going to put my guard up and assume that they're all out to get me. Yeah, yeah, and then even like when they met with the uh, with Don Johnson character, I I thought, you know, it was more realistic to me to have those characters lean more right wing, whereas a lot of Hollywood movies would keep them like down the middle or the other way, mm-hmm. um, because they are older white men, yeah, in law enforcement, and so that's kind of. That demographic kind of leans right wing, so. Yeah, although Don Johnson does say that Mel Gibson is, you know, going too hard. Yeah. He tells him, what does he say? He gave him too much concrete? Yeah, for sure. Well, then that, that's kind of the, the the thing there. Like, they used to be partners, and Don Johnson kind of changed with the times, but Mel Gibson never did. Yeah. Yeah, I really liked uh, those characters, and it was good to see Mel Gibson in a a demanding role, being a cop again. It was kind of cool to see him. Yeah, even in he's I think sixty or uh, sixty one now. I was thinking he kind of looked like uh, with the hair and the mustache. He kind of looks like modern day Jake the Snake Robert. A <laughs> <laughs> uh, little bit, just a little bit. So, yeah, thanks for uh, suggesting this one. I I really enjoyed it. All right. Other than that, I think that'll do it. Yeah. Thanks for sticking around, everybody. Yeah. We will check you later. Guess we'll see you around. All right, check you later. Bye. Later. Wait, man, why are you always such a dork, man? What are you talking check about? Check you later. Check you later. <laughs> hey, man, you off my case.